What's happening, everyone? Welcome to Season Gaming Spoiler Cast Special, Monday night. I'm not used to doing these things at night, but been looking forward to this one. A lot of things to say about The Last of Us 2, so hope you can join us. If you're listening to this, you are joining us. So that was a stupid statement, and we're off to a good start. So join with me as usual, Mr. Dan Rodriguez, in a weird combination of cyberpunk t-shirt and yes. uh, one of your best names yet, or worst names yet. I don't know where to really start with It's <laughs> something. <laughs> Back live with us, a uh, friend of the show, our South of the Border patriot here, who we have to say that for on every episode. The real, the only, Bert Signs is back. Yes, sir. And for the first time on camera, I think anywhere, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a new contributor to Season Gaming, our friend Patrick Shields. Welcome, Mr. Elu. Glad to be here. All right, all right. So got some people in the chat. All right, Persian, Luke, what's going on, guys? All right, so uh goes without saying, guys, spoiler cast. So what we're going to do here is four of us just going to talk through our thoughts on Last of Us 2. Obviously, our review is already out there. Uh, we're going to go through the game in kind of a sequential fashion. So starting from the story from the beginning to end, what we thought about pacing and other things, certain parts, most memorable scenes, and of course, you know, the writing and all the core components we'll get to. So, guys, let's start. Um, I wanted to start right at the beginning and just making sure that people listening, people watching understand how much the original game means to this group. So uh, goes without saying that, uh, well, not without saying, but... You know, I wrote a retrospective on it that I think most of our community has read or checked out. Then Bert and I worked together and turned that retrospective into a video. One of our one of my favorite pieces that we've ever done, Bert. Um, yeah. And I think you know, just one of the best things we've ever done. Um, I played it. <laughs> I was gonna say, Dan, we've talked many, many times about this game, yeah. and I, you know, we've talked throughout the year around how excited we were for the sequel because of our love for the first game, um, yep. and then. Pat, I know that, uh, you know, we've talked offline, but uh, you basically shared many of the same sentiments for the original as well, right? Just the, the love of Joel and Ellie and that story in the writing. Yeah, so with that context, <laughs> with that context, we'll get into um, the sequel. And uh, we've all obviously finished it and kind of thought about it. Dan, I know you platinumed it. Uh, we've talked extensively about it. And uh, we have a lot of thoughts. So let's start at the very beginning, guys. So beginning of the game opens up. You go into Jackson. It's five years after, you know, Last of Us, the original. And uh, Joel is there and kind of walks you into the setting with Ellie. And you can tell right away there's a difference in the relationship there. And right away, you can tell that this is a different sort of game because compared to the first because of the tension you feel between the two of them. Now, this is prior to any Tarantino-like context that you get into later in the game, right? But I could tell my opinion right away, I was like, I was taken aback because I have such a fond memory of Ellie and being like almost like a, a father figure slash protector of Ellie. To, so to see her have that tension with Joel up front and to not have the context yet of what that meant, uh, you know, that kind of threw me aback right at the start. Yeah, I would say yeah. so the same. I mean, if you finish the first game, you kind of start thinking to yourself, like, what's going to happen? Is there going to be a sequel? It kind of leaves it in a cliffhanger. So to kind of pick up where you left off, of, uh, was it how many years have, have gone by? Five. Five years have happened. We don't know what it is, and you kind of wait for the story to kind of 
finish itself up. I think another thing we want to preface is we all went into the game fairly blind, right? I don't think any of us yes. saw the spoilers. Well, I think I think Pat was unfortunately ruined <laughs> yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of stories but I gave it his due credit. I mean, yeah, that sucks, but I, I try to be as objective as possible. So, yeah. yeah, I went in completely blind. I went kind of on a media blackout. I, I did the whole blocking on Twitter. I didn't see anything, so I was literally completely not knowing anything that was happening. So it opens up. You definitely know, as Ain says, something's going on. You're not sure what it is. And then, um, yeah, it, it starts out kind of like where you want it to, to a certain extent. What has happened in those past five years? Sure. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it was. I had just finished my like third playthrough, I think, of the game. Oh, um, the first, the first, game. the first one. First you game. mean? Okay. Yeah, the first game. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. There's not a time in the day. Um, but uh, my first playthrough or my third playthrough of the first game. So I was kind of ready to go. Um, again, I've avoided spoilers. Um, yes, it, it, it's, it's, we're going to get into it a little bit more. So, I mean, I, I was pretty ready for it. Um, Naughty Dog did a really good job with the first game anyway, kind of pulling you in, <laughs> making you care about the characters, um, and, and really kind of setting the mood and, you know, to your point of there being a sequel, I mean, you, you needed, you know, I, I everybody wanted one, you know, but I don't think a lot of people knew what they wanted. So yeah, that, or they really, that's really knew what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be hard. It would have been a really strange game to play if it was your first one. I've heard some people do that, but there's a lot of sequels where you can go in and not know too much about the first game. But this one really would have been strange had it not played the first one first. The, the story really just kicks right off from from where the first one ended and sets up a lot of things that you really would have had had an impact of experience if you hadn't played the first one. So I think that would be very strange. I didn't do it the first one, and I love where the characters went. In the second one, I it would have been a completely different game had it not for the first one. So there's a lot of context there. Yeah, yeah, it kind of goes, uh, well, it doesn't go without saying. But yeah, this game wouldn't even make any sense to your point without the first one. So, you know, early on in the game, you get, uh, you get that context of Joel and Ellie. You take the walk through Jax, and then you go out on this patrol. And then rather early on as, as well, without any context in the second game, you get introduced to Abby, except for you don't really know any of her history or anything else, just that they are, you know, staying at this cabin up by Jackson looking for someone. And of course, I mean, there's some kind of inference there that you can get, right, that they're obviously looking for either Ellie or Joel or Tommy or someone from the group. Um, but you don't really know why. And so you play through some kind of high tension moments there, and we'll go right into, you know, uh, Joel... And Tommy basically saving Abby because she gets kind of caught out of her group uh, and taking them back to the cabin because the blizzard comes in. They have really nowhere else to go. So I wanted to get your guys thoughts on the moment, the big starting moment, right? When Joel and Tommy get to the cabin, uh, they're introduced to this whole group. They introduce themselves as Joel and Tommy, which I kind of found weird, which we can talk about. Um, and then obviously the huge incident happens, which... You know, like we said, Bert said, me, Bert, and Dan at least went into this game completely dark. And when um, she first just grabs that shotgun and shoots Joel's leg, I was like, I almost put the controller down. I was like, all right, what the f is going on right now? <laughs> right. Um, and I think my wife came down right around that time. She has this uncanny timing 
when it comes to gaming. And I think she came down and I, I literally said to her, I was like, not right now. Now's not the time. Uh, <laughs> Woman, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that setup was very shocking. Uh, it's obviously what they were going for, right? And you don't even have the full context of why at that moment that comes later. And so what I wanted to ask you guys are thoughts on that moment, but also thinking about how the marketing applied to this game. The marketing on this game, even on PlayStation site right now, it says Joel and Ellie return on their revenge journey or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, that's not what happens. Uh, Joel does not play a big part of this game at all, which, you know, for reasons we just said. Um, and I, I just feel that that was a little misleading. In fact, in my review, I said I almost got Halo 5 a little bit and that you think you're going to go and play and Joel and Ellie and you go in with a whole different thing. So what are your guys' thoughts on how they set the game up and did that shock value moment at the start? Yeah, so to your point, I, I would almost say Joel is the driving factor of the game without ever actually playing with him. Um, right. his, his actions are pretty much uh, the reason there is a rift between um, Ellie and Joel. His actions are a reason why, and we'll talk about it later, why Abby's even in the game. One of the things that's interesting is in the first, uh, I'd say maybe three hours of the game, you play with Joel, you play with Ellie, and you play with Abby, like all in that different time. You're not really sure what's going on. The story's starting to unfold in front of you. Um, I will say that the the whole shock factor of what happens in that first thing, and we'll mention it in just a second of what we actually were talking about, blew me away as well. I, I didn't see it coming that way. I had no idea why Joel was being targeted in any way. But I, as that whole scene starts to unfold, you start to say, okay, there's definitely something going on there. So um, I thought it was pretty crazy. Um, right away, you're taken into somewhere you didn't know. But to your point about the actual um, – advertising of the game. I wonder if they had to do it this way without giving too much away. I wish they would have just said Ellie is on her way to fight a revenge story of something, but even that would give some of the story away as yeah. well. So um, I, I don't know how else they would have done it aside from doing it that way. But the, the first trailer, um, you see a lot of Ellie first, and then Joel comes into the frame at the end, and you come to find out that some of those cuts from that trailer are not actually what happens in the game either. That's someone else's hand that covers her, her face and stuff like that. So... Um, Starts out really tricky, a lot of curiosity at the beginning of the game, and then it streams into giving you answers over the next 15 hours, maybe longer than that. 15. Uh, 25, 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, go ahead, go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say, I think we got kind of Infinity Ward with those trailers, you know, or, you know, the when they showed the... Uh, I don't even know what that means. Well, they showed, like, you know, the scene where you had all the heroes running at the camera, and they actually cropped out. I think one of them was the Hulk, but it, it was he wasn't actually in that scene. I think it was uh, mm -hmm. something else. You know, I think it was Iron Man or Bryant oh, Banner. Yeah. yeah, they basically changed the 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 trailers around a little bit. Um, seeing that initial, you know, scene, I'm, I'm kind of curious to what you were saying, Ains, about um, like why they would tell their names. I guess they're just they just introduce themselves as. Joel yeah, yeah. Tommy. So basically, you know, these guys, and we brought this up on this other spoiler cast I did, is these guys have lived in this dangerous society for 20 plus years now, right? Yeah. Joel and Tommy, very, very seasoned, very protective, very capable of surviving. And you're in a cabin in a place where you're surrounded by, what was it, five people? Yeah, five right? or six people. It's five or six people who have weapons, never met them before. 
And remember, you're on, you're outside of patrol of your city. They're not a member of your settlement, right? Um, so why are they there and how come you've never seen them before? Uh, okay, why would you not be a little more guarded around who you are? Yeah, I think it was Tommy that said that though, right? Yeah, he's, he's, Tommy he's said of... it first and then <laughs> yeah. Joel says it, I'm Joel. I'm just going to blame it on Tommy. Okay. So but anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean, the initial scene was for me, you know, having not been spoiled, I'm assuming that's what the big spoiler was. Yep. You know, well, it got one leaked. Yeah. One of them. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't believe what I was saying. I was like, well, this is insane, man. You know, this is not what I signed up for, <laughs> you know, coming off of, you know, the last game. Um, but I mean, it definitely sets up the rest of the game. Like to your point, Bert, you know, it with, um, you know, he really is the catalyst for the entire, you know, story from there on out. So it, it's, it was rough for sure, but I uh, was definitely hooked at that point just to see where they were taken. Yeah, that's, um, so regarding the, that's almost a discussion we can have several hours worth of kind of dialogue about. Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog, they specifically, Deceived, I guess there's no better word to use there. Um, the, the the gamers with the advertising, they specifically shot Joel in as um, who was it Jesse for for one of the things where he yeah. says um, you're not doing this alone. You know it was Jesse that says that in the game, but it was actually on um, the trailer showed that as Joel. as Joel. So yeah. they they did that, and I wonder how much deception is actually it's their product. So I wonder how much is actually allowed and that people will be okay with. But in the end, they have a story that they want to get through. And getting spoilers through unscathed isn't the easiest thing. But how far are you willing to go to do that? And, I mean, they were willing to go that far, including a ridiculous um, embargo on the reviews and all kinds of crazy things they did. I mean, you can read story to story about what they did. And, like I said, we can have a lot of discussions about um, how valid that is, how um, moral that is. But... That's what happened. So people came into here thinking this was more adventures of Joel and Ellie, and what they got was something that really angered them, which that was a success on their part <laughs> because they definitely got that scene. Regarding the the characters of Joel and Tommy walking in there, I thought that was kind of strange too. Um, it didn't seem like in their character, I guess you could say they've been living in kind of a resort for a while in, in peace, but it still seemed way out of character that they would just kind of go in there and Tommy's like, hi, a person we just met. Um, I'm Tom. <laughs> we enjoy long walks on the beach. You know, um, I, I'm allergic to lime. He's allergic to coconuts and golf clubs. You know, it was very odd and kind of uncharacteristic for them. But at the same time, any given day, we all make decisions that might be uncharacteristic. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt there. Because we don't know exactly, I mean, they're fictitious characters, of course, but, I mean, any human being, and they're really good, Naughty Dog, about making human characters, any human being on any given day can make decisions that go against their their um, normal grain. So I'm not going to give them a whole lot of flack for that, but it did seem really uncharacteristic. Yeah, that, that reminds me of a chapter in Last of Us 1 where Ellie has to go away when Joel's hurt, and she runs into a guy named David. Remember that guy? And she is super paranoid. She has her yep. bow on him the whole time, and turns out that that was, a, you know, a guy that was going to mess her up pretty good. So I was expecting, kind of, to, at Ains's point as well, 
for Tommy and uh, Joel to be super paranoid about anybody. At the same time, I, I would wonder if I was in some weird apocalypse and I'm seeing the first human outside of my town, how I would react in that moment. And they were, I think they were running away from um, yeah. a big group of zombies too. So they're kind of stuck and they just fought them off and survived together. And now they're having to kind of the, hey, who are you? But um, yeah, it is kind of a weird thing. Um, I think they had to kind of add that in for the writing, but I think it would have made more sense if maybe someone else found them and then Abby was confronted with Joel at that moment versus confronting Joel and Abby at the exact moment at that time. But I, I can see both angles. Um, I guess the story had to move on in some form. Well, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a pacing issue, really. I mean, you're, yeah. you probably had another five hours to the game, you know, Abby's <laughs> trying to find out who Joel is, you know. So, pacing. I mean, pacing. We'll that's a word, that, that that's a word that's going to come up a lot. Yeah, yeah. too much. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, then you obviously get the you, the relationship with Dina and that starts to be, made, you know, built up a little bit and you kind of take off for Seattle uh, and you get the Seattle day one, two and three with um, with Ellie, uh, which, you know, obviously I liked. What did you guys think about Dina? I liked her. I mean, she was all right. I don't think she was uh, one of my top three characters in the game. Um, I think one of the things that's interesting is that's the first look of The Last of Us 2 that we saw at E3 2019, was it, Ains? Something like there? No, or 2018. Uh, no, that's way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you, Sony, there's yeah, uh, the whole barn scene where they're dancing and they have that kiss. Ooh, the dreaded kiss that was such a... <laughs> Which is really crazy. late in the game, too. Yeah. I found funny. Yeah, yeah. I didn't talk about it, honestly. Yeah, yeah me too. Time. I was like, I guess that was just part of the marketing. But yeah, you get mm -hmm. it late in the game. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, you get to Seattle... You're with Dina, and this is where the game opens up. And this was a little different than Last of Us 1, right? So I don't know. For me, guys, I enjoyed the open space. I enjoyed their, you know, recreation of that environment there in downtown Seattle and kind of exploring for things. I thought the whole math, map concept was pretty well done. Um, I, I don't know. For me, I could take it or leave it. Um, and I say that because the, the Last of Us the first one relied so heavily on narrative and the narrative was so strong that I, I didn't feel like I needed open world segments added to that. I feel like it's kind of like what they tried to do a naughty dog, same game or same developer with uncharted four. It was like uncharted four is a fantastic game, um, but it feels bloated. And it, again, it feels like there's trust uh, in my opinion, at least there's issues with pacing in that game too. Um, and I feel like they kind of did the same thing here. And especially when your characters are so strong and the narrative is so strong coming into this. Um, I don't know if you need to kind of fill the game with that. Well, they, they really kind of went away from it, though, didn't they? They, they? they started with this open, like this hub, like open right. world. And then after that, that was it. It was yeah, just pretty that's much. That's what I mean. It felt like it's yeah. kind of they added it in, right, to try and right. make it bigger when they I didn't need not. to do that. See, now, some of the, my favorite moments, you know, especially when they were in the guitar shop, if you got to that point, oh, you, yes. know, where, you know, I mean, it, it, that was I got you. some of my favorite times in those games right there, you know, and it, it, it that's what I, I'd like to see. Now, whether that's that could have been, you know, done, obviously, in a non hub world or whatever that is, you know, it, it could have just been part of a linear storyline. Um they could have went either way. You know, I think I saw something where they actually had earlier in development where that's what it was. It was kind of more right. of a hub, you know, world kind of maybe like God of War where you had different areas, you know, I don't know how much back and forth though, but um, I actually liked that first day where you got to kind of explore at your own pace 
kind of do whatever you wanted to. Um, and you really kind of, it wasn't really dictating to you as much, you know, where you have to go, you know, I mean, it did, but at the same time you were able to openly explore and, you know, go to the bank and, uh, That's yeah. whatever, the, you know, yeah. that, that was really cool. Um, but just completely abandoning that after one chapter seems super <laughs> weird. It yeah. That's weird. kind of what was weird about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually didn't mind that. I thought they did the open world kind of thing as well as they could for a narrative driven game. Um, they could have done the rest of the game with that amount of openness. And I think I would have been okay with that. But if they went straight full world, like Ubisoft type game, I wouldn't have been on board with that because it's still narrative and you just be looking for the next place that you want the story to go to. But with that said, I think I still prefer when it is more linear, I, like because it's a, lin it's a linear game, it's like as far as the narrative goes, you're always looking for the next place to go anyway. And if they got too open, there's no way that would mesh well with the narrative because you're just trying to get to the next place to see more story. That's why Abby kind of, well, we'll get there in a bit, but, but why those kind of areas fell a bit disjointed because the story kind of, it, it gets mixed up there. But with the open world, I liked how they did it. I really enjoy how Seattle looks. I really enjoyed exploring. And for the music store, I liked that that was something you could miss. You can never go there and miss an amazing part of the game. And there's something really special and intimate about finding that and, and getting that moment too. So I, I wasn't, I didn't hate it. I, I liked it. Yeah, for me, one of the things that I kind of noticed is um, when you were traveling solo, either with uh, Abby, Ellie, um, that's when it became more linear. They were just going from checkpoint to checkpoint. Mm -hmm. And when you were traveling around with a partner, whether it be Dina, um, whoever else you were walking with, the world became open world again. So I felt like when it went open world, there was more narrative shared between characters. And then when it went yeah. single, it was more linear, directly checkpoint to checkpoint. Mm -hmm. So um, I wish there was more of the open world. I remember when we were initially playing and I had just finished that open world and I thought there was going to be more open world. I think I even said, this game's a lot more open. It's not as linear as the first one is. And sure enough, you never really see the open world again after that. Um, mm -hmm. So people that got that preview from me, sorry, I, I didn't mean to. It's just I didn't know. Um, but yeah, but no, I liked exploring it. I think at that point there were still a little bit of innocence in Ellie and Dina at that moment. They were still checking things out. They were still searching. And then the second it gets linear again, that's when the shit hits the fan during the game and more details start to, un to, to surface from characters. But yeah, that's, I feel like open world is only when there's some quiet going on in the game, which is, I guess a nice mix. Cause if it was just on a roller coaster the entire time, you'd be, you know, out of energy halfway through, <laughs> especially yeah. given some of the parts in this game. Yeah. Yeah, so as Ellie's, I know some of my favorite parts, and I know we're going to touch on this, is um, the flashback scenes, right? So as you're playing as Ellie, you kind of get the context throughout the game of what has happened with Joel, like we referenced earlier, and what kind of defined that kind of tenuous relationship. And eventually you find out that uh, she confronted him yet again about, uh, you know, what really happened with the Fireflies and that what takes place at the end of Last of Us 1. And he finally tells her the whole truth. Um, and this kind of, you know, sets up the the negative, I guess, relationship that you see right at the beginning in that, you know, she still obviously has feelings for him and cares for him and stuff, but, uh, you know, really has this kind of negative view of what he did. So knowing how they, I think this is one of the many areas where you have to question the sequel, right? That the first one ended with this, let the player 
think what they will of what Joel decided to do and come to their own conclusions about it. Um, in the sequel, they definitively get rid of that, right? Because they show you what happens, Ellie knows, and you deal with the fallout of what that means. What do you guys think? Did you like the fact that they did that? Hmm. I do to an extent. I do because it leads the story all the way through. Um, I, I do also like the fact that there's kind of this arc about the whole thing is your con everything you do has a consequence. Now you have to live with the consequences of what you did. Um, and that is from a number of different angles throughout the game. I like that they explored that. Um, I wish they would have explained a little bit more in their relationship as to why she had such a negative thing. But at the same time, if, if you're a parent or if obviously all of us were kids and hopefully had a parent figure somewhere, there's a struggle throughout childhood and that adolescent youth. And there's always that area that you struggle with as a parent and you see that in kids. I mean, you always say, what is it? The, the teens, I don't have kids, so I don't know, but the teens is when you pretty much like have that pain in the ass kid, regardless if they're male or female, you're going to have them and they're going to try to form their own personality and their own um, everything. And you kind of see that with Ellie as she's growing up. Um, but there is, I think she holds on to that throughout the game quite a bit. And then she starts to realize what she was holding on to throughout the game too. And we'll talk more about that too. But I do like what they did story-wise there. Okay. I think it was um, a bit much, honestly. I get that she's a angsty teen and she's going through a lot of hormones as all teens do. But I think that was a plot point that kind of lingered. seemed a little bit unrealistic. Lingered for sure. It, it didn't really seem that realistic that it would be for that long. Now, of course, it can happen i mean especially in a post-apocalyptic world where everything is kind of dog eat dog and there's different rules involved and she's going through hormones i get that that could happen but it seems still for as long as she held on to that for as much as joel meant to her for that that she couldn't understand what he was going through and kind of put herself in those shoes for that amount of time seemed really strange like, I, I love the scene where she had it out with him. We were all waiting for that, and I kind of wish it was done in a different way. Yeah. Um, that was a payoff that we've been waiting so many years for. But it still it happened that way, and it wasn't terrible. But it seemed like hanging on to that from her perspective seemed a little bit out of place and unrealistic. But it, it is what it is. I'm not going to hate on it for that, but it did seem a little bit out there for me. So there's, there's one line she says, Dan, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, that, that, that remains in my head quite a bit. And um, this is actually, I guess she she flashes back to her own memory before she knew Joel really well. And I think she says, I didn't really want to amount to anything in this world. Um, I just wanted to kind of die eventually or whatever. And she says, I wanted to save the world. And you took that away from me. That's something mm -hmm. she tells Joel. And I think that was something that she really stuck onto, to your point. Um, maybe she stuck onto it too hard. But I think that I think that she feels that she could have saved the world by simply finding the antidote to whatever it is for the cordyceps virus. And Joel took that away solely for a selfish reason because he cared for her. I think that's the way she looks at it. But yeah, I, I think it lingers quite a bit, maybe too long. But that's teenagers, I guess. And like I said, I don't have kids, but I, I hear I hear that horror story from parents all the time. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I am about angsty teenage video games. You Oxen love it. Free. Yeah, we're doing that spoiler cast tomorrow. No, the Oxen Three and the yeah, and what's the other one? The Life is Strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, it, it's I, I love the flashbacks. I loved you know yeah. I, that it, they were very very important parts in it. Like the, the first one where you actually swim as her. That was awesome because I was like, I wonder if she can swim now. That was is that like, when they like, go to the museum, Dan? 
Yeah, when they go to okay. the dinosaurs. Yeah, so that's the next one I was going to talk about. Yeah, so okay, I, I, gonna... no, no, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say no. I think for I think for me, the flashback with the museum scene and the space scene is my right. favorite scene in the entire game. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's in both games. Okay, yeah. that's a bold statement. Yeah, could be. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry. No, that's basically what I had to say. It wasn't a whole lot, but um, <laughs> no, that was I was going to focus on, on like, like that one specifically. Like you said, it was it's probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole game because mm -hmm. you know just. But that's what this game is. It's building those relationships, and you know, yeah. and seeing where they go. And you by taking Joel away at the outset of the game, then you kind of, you know, at first you're kind of like, man, I've lost that. I've lost that whole connection. How yeah. are they going to do that and keep me interested? And they did a very, very good job. I think that particular part was paced out pretty well, was spaced out anyway, to where, you know. Spaced out. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't even try to pun. I yeah, Ellie pun. has a look for you just for that joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably Joel in the background there, but yeah, I mean those those kind of things are you know that pack the most the most you know emotional punch. You know you you can you get those. That's when the game kind of hits you in the feels, and you're like, yeah, okay, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I wanted to see. So, but I, well, I that's, think, go ahead, Dings. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I think it hits you in the feels because Joel is gone. I mean, if it was just another flashback and you're walking around with Joel in the game and he was still alive, I don't That's think true. it would have the same impact that it would yeah. have if Joel wasn't That's gone. Fair. And she's pretty much remembering all the things that made him special throughout the times um, of right. their travel in the first game. So it, it's weird. We'll we'll talk about it. The pacing is all <laughs> over the place for me. If I was to give one negative to the game, it is the pacing. I wish we would have seen that mention a little bit earlier, but um, or chapter. I don't know what you want to call it, but yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's where I struggled. I asked the guys I talked. I've asked a lot of people this. I've talked about the game, and I've always asked about the space shuttle scene and the museum scene, and where that landed in terms of importance for people who, who have finished this. And almost everyone says that those flashbacks and those scenes are the most meaningful to them in the whole game. And so that raises the question to me, or maybe even makes the point that that for me that demonstrates that I came into this wanting more of Joel and Ellie. Yep. And when they take Joel and Ellie, or excuse me, when they take Joel away, as you just said, Bert, right at the start, I think that's a very valid point you made around that makes you cherish those flashbacks even more. But at the same time, it also makes me think, um, you know, this is what I wanted here, more of this relationship. And you don't get that in this game besides these flashbacks. Yeah, so to, I have a tie for my favorite um, chapter with Joel and Ellie. First of all, the museum, and it's mainly when you're in the space area of the museum. The dinosaur stuff's kind of lame, whatever, when you're going through there. But when you get to the space That's section, right. of it, it, it is a yeah. lot. It just opens up. But for me, it's when later in the game where they're on the porch and Joel's playing his guitar and she walks up and starts talking to him. And she's yeah. like, I want to give us another chance. And we'll talk about that. To me, those two are a tie for my favorite moments in the game. Oh, but um and one thing I will say is, and I brought this up with Ains and Dan while I was playing the game, and it was like, is The Last of Us story slash franchise really Joel and Ellie and nothing else? Or is it more about the apocalyptic world that has taken place and Joel and Ellie were simply the characters that took us through the first game and then they take us halfway through this game? So if there is a third, does Ellie even show up anymore? Is it going to be another story that takes on with other people? And I wonder what Naughty Dog's opinion is on that. Because to me, Last of Us is Joel and Ellie and their relationship and the importance of their relationship. But to other people and maybe what Naughty Dog's future vision is, it could be completely different. 
For sure. Okay. Imagine the game if there was no museum team. You know, I mean, that's how important that, that really was to it. We needed a heartfelt moment to, to describe what we're missing out on, you know, especially for those that came in and didn't play the first one or whatever. But even for us, that when we played through the first one, we needed that. We needed to see what she was losing with Joel. And we needed more Joel. Like, they took him out so fast. I was spoiled into the game, but didn't realize it was going to be that fast in. Yeah. So I, I was like, wow, they're, they're doing them dirty right now, and no more tool. But there was. They had those heartfelt moments. And to your point, Bert, at the end, that that was an integral scene. You had to have that on the porch. On the yeah, porch. I, I, I teared up, and I don't usually tear up in games very much. And I know Dan called me a P-U-S-S-I. Perfect. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, but to me, I mean, there was just some very important moments. And maybe I hate my dad or something. I don't know. But um, no, I, I was with you. I was very close to tearing up with this guy. Uh, I, I, maybe one tiny tear dried up halfway through the eyelash. <laughs> I think uh, I told you guys. I, I went up and I explained. I finished the game, and well, and we, you know, we'll get to that. But I went up and explained it. My wife. I'm trying to explain it to my wife around, you know, what happened, and I'm like, "There's way too much to try to explain." And she's like, "Well, just give me the highlights." And so I started talking through it, and I could barely finish. She's like, "You gonna be okay?" I was like, "I was like, you don't understand, man." <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even know. So, uh, Callie Coyote in the chat said the dinosaur museum made me sad. Just made me feel like the game we could have had if Joel was still alive. Yeah. And I think that's the question that many of us have been asking. Is it, you know, I, it's not that I dislike, well, that's not fair. It, it's not that um, I'm challenging their right to challenge players by changing the narrative, right? And making you think about things in a different way than a traditional sequel. But I'm just not sure if it's really what I wanted. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you look at the steel book behind you, Ains. That's Abby's face on there. So, Immediately, uh, Abby's already kind of one of the main characters in the game. And I think this is where a lot of people, I mean, should we just start talking about her a little bit? Go um, for it. Go I for mean, it. Like, so, so Abby ends up being, I would almost argue, you play more with Abby um, than you do with Ellie to a certain yes. extent of the game. And that, to me, was the biggest issue. To me, it wasn't even that Joel and Ellie were not together. It's the fact that Joel just died at the beginning. I'm playing with Ellie. I'm pushing through to get my revenge and kill people. And all of a sudden, Ellie's removed from the game completely. And you're now playing with Abby, who I don't really care for. I don't want to even get into the, the physical thing about her and all the other stuff. I just don't care for Abby that much of a character. You start to care for her a little bit more throughout the game, and we'll talk about the plot points about that. But the fact that they took Ellie out rather quick as well, and you're playing with somebody else, was the big issue that I had. And I, I, the gameplay and everything else is stellar. It's just the story. You lose a little bit of interest. And the only thing you're wanting to do is get right back to Ellie to see what she's going to do next. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, we can talk about the parallels, right? Because what this game does, obviously anyone listening knows this, is to your point, you then get the Abby side of the story. And you find out the motivation behind killing Joel. And, you know, that that was her dad at the doctor. And you get these flashback scenes with her. And you basically get the whole parallel story, so much so that you play for 10, 15 hours as Abby, right? Um, and they try to make you, to your point, Bert, care about Abby in a similar fashion, maybe not as much, but a similar fashion to as you do with Ellie. And I think for me personally, that's my biggest problem with the game, yep. is that Last of Us created Joel and Ellie. It was came out seven years ago. It's an incredibly meaningful game to people. Uh, and those two characters are some of the best characters, in my opinion, ever written into video games. 
and two of my favorite characters ever written into video games. Um, and you set up a sequel where you get rid of one right away. And then really without context, when you start playing as her, you're put in the shoes of the person who just killed one of your favorite characters. Yeah. And that is challenging all conventions that we know about games and game writing, which is fine. I'm not saying don't challenge conventions. I'm just saying I don't necessarily like it. Yeah. I'm no, saying I'm don't good. challenge conventions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, the, the phrase I have in my review, I tried to sum it up. I was like, what can I say to really drive home the point? And the phrase I said in my review is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, I'd say that about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. Though. That's a different spoiler cast. Talk about the parallels real quick. Um, I, yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that Abby's a parallel to Ellie, but it might not be so obvious just how much is paralleled over to that. You have oh. Abby. She's um, she looks a lot like Ellie to begin. With. When I first saw the, the one scene of her, I thought, is that Ellie? Maybe she a little, little buff, but is that, that might be Ellie years later. <laughs> and then, um, but, um, so you see Ellie, and then um, it goes to that climax, and then you have to take over his and you're like, oh, here we go. And then you don't realize it's going to be an entire game. But all the story points are there. She has, what, let's see, Ellie has Jesse and um, Dina, and there's a love triangle involving a pregnant woman. Damn. Abby has Owen and Mel, a love triangle involving a pregnant woman as well, right in the heart of it. And, and there's, there's like, each of each of the girls, Abby and Ellie, are becoming monsters. They're becoming the thing that they're trying to fight off against, really. And yeah. a lot of it is Abby kind of going through that first, and then Ellie kind of, in her quest to redeem what was done to her, she's kind of picking up the pace and right, right behind her. And they're both just becoming these demons. And the game, once we have Abby, though, it's like the game realizes what they did to us, and they, they keep hitting us over the head with like Abby. Like Abby, and, and they give us scene after scene of you will like Abby now. So yeah, that's probably. And that, that really didn't set well with me. So let me, um, yeah, you guys can talk more about that now. <laughs> no, funny enough, Sarko, what's up, Sark? Uh, he says, yeah, personally, I wasn't a fan of playing for hours with someone I'd have popped while she was still tied to the pillar. But he's not alone. He's not alone. I think no. probably the biggest problem I've heard with people in these discussions like this, at least I've heard, you guys can tell me if you've heard differently, is that, is that the game is more, to your point, Dan, it's, it's more than 50% playing as Abby. Yeah. Um, someone that coming into this game, we have no relationship with, we don't care about, and on top of all that, killed the character we came into the game wanting to play. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think to your point, Ains, I think uh, the first Last of Us gave us Joel and Ellie, um, and they're the people that you will connect to or not. And I think in part two, it's uh, Abby and Ellie, because they're a whole new, they're exactly like uh, saying they're almost parallels to each other. They almost are each other in a certain way, and I think they're the two main characters of this game, and that's where the, the third one will go, if that's what it is. And as the game gets further through and as the last few missions are happening, which we won't talk about just yet, um, you can see that there's some kind of a connection between the two of them, even if it's not intentional. There's something that connects the two of them. So, Dan, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I think oh, you're about fine. to say something. I mean, the, the whole, you know, we, we'll get, I guess we'll get into the pacing. It was, it was, Go for it. When, when I was, we kind of talked in chat. I, I said, I'm glad they did it the way they did. And you know, when I think about it, though, I wish they would have kind of intercut it where you play, you, you kind of jump back and forth. I'm usually not a fan of that, but seeing okay. the end result, I really wish it would have been like, 
okay, you're playing as Abby, but you know, you go meet, uh, what was her name in the hospital? Tara or Tara or something like, I can't remember her name. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. And, um, uh, and then, and then you play as Ellie, same or, uh, kind of thing. And then you. I like Seattle her, day right? one for Ellie and then Seattle right, day yeah. one for Abby back and right. forth. Instead, yeah. Right. Instead of just splitting it up because you're, you're so, you know, you played this whole time now as, as Ellie. Now all of a sudden it's like, boom, now you're going to play as Abby for another 20 hours. And, you know, none of us seem to have that kind of emotional investment in her. So it, it's it's it, that thinking back, I wish I would. And that was a big thing with, with the pacing. You know, it, it was it was so it was two different games. Yep. It was. And, you know, yeah, it's so, true. It felt like two games. Yeah. Right. And and I, I can't you know, that's what I struggle with the most. I think if they would have kind of go back, went back and forth a little bit, it would have helped out quite a bit. I still don't know if I would have gave a crap about Abby in the end, but you know, maybe, and you know, and there were points where I'm kind of like, man, yeah, this is, this is rough for her too. You know, she kind of went through it. You know, I, I think I saw somebody do a, re, a review on it. Just, you know, they said something about like, you know, picture, you know, the last of us, you know, here's a video game with, you know, it's about a, a guy, a doctor and his daughter and, you know, kind of putting you in the shoes of, you know, Abby and uh, her father, you know, what if that was the game? You know, what, what what would it have changed, you know, coming back, going back and forth? And the way he explained it was a lot better than I'm going to. But it, it kind of makes you think, you know, just there was so much potential. And I still love the game. Don't get me wrong. I, it, it was fantastic. But um, I don't know, man. It, it was there were, there were times where it was just dragging on so long. And, you know, you already knew everything that was going to happen because you've already played through it. Ellie had murdered everybody, you know, at that point, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know what, you know, you, you're, you're trying to build relationships with dead people at this point with Abby. So, you know, it, there, there was really nothing there for me. I was just like, yeah, well, this guy's going to die. She's going to die. And I already know he's going to die. They're all dead already. You know? So it's just like, man, so, I think they missed the mark. So from a technical perspective, do you guys think there was, I think we all knew there was development issues during the game um, throughout the years. Do you guys think they had like the perfect story written out on a, on a big board and then throughout the development that they changed it up and they tried to move things in certain chapters and it just didn't fit right? Or what do you guys think may have happened? Exactly that, Bert. I wondered exactly that. It yeah. really seems like they, they, they move the thing all over the place and then somehow they just figured this is what's gonna work yeah. because we wanna make them mad and it seems like this is probably the best way to make them mad. But it, another year of development, it might have been a whole different set of pacing for it. Yeah, for sure. On that point, yeah. too, uh, when you're walking around in the game, you can definitely see there's a lack of polish in certain areas. Like, you'll be in one area, it looks like PS5 end of the generation graphics. And then you go to another area, and it looks like PS3. And it's just, it's really weird. And I wonder if those are some of the areas that they kind of moved on from. I, I told these guys too, it felt like it was a copy and paste from the first one into this game and they simply up textures in some areas. But I kind of feel like Last of Us Remastered in areas. It does. And I wonder mm -hmm. if that's part of the development thing that they had where they were just throwing stuff on a wall and go, this will stick here and this will stick here. Let's throw it in there and let's only polish on certain areas that we really like. Because there was a lot of filler content in the game and I felt like they were constantly adding hours to the game just by walking down a couple blocks of the city or parts of a forest. And I, I got that a lot throughout the game. A lot of the resources seem to come from other um, previous Naughty Dog games too. Like I think some of the Uncharted um, three and four, uh, certainly four resources were actually in the game. Like if, it's, if it's not, it certainly looks really, really similar to some of the things that you've done. 
So you might be right. It might be that maybe they're trying to use resources they already had compiled and then just they couldn't really do as much with those, so they put a little bit out of place. Could be. Yeah. So, you know, talking about playing through as Abby and Dan, your point around you know, you're, you're, you're basically building relationship with dead people because you've already seen what happened. And then you, you know, I keep saying Tarantino because it's just the easiest <laughs> reference, I guess. But then you go and you play through as Abby and as Abby, uh, it's a very long playthrough, right? And you have the whole relationship with Lev and Lev and what's her sister's name? His sister? Yara. 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 Thank you. Um, and so, you know, the conversation I've kind of thought about this is, you know, it's those were actually good characters, I felt. Um, I liked them, um, you know, and I thought that was well done. But I think that, again, the pacing killed me on those sections. I remember finishing as Ellie. I was telling someone else that me, so me, Bert, and Dan were kind of texting as this game, and no spoilers, but kind of like where we were. And I said, I just got to the aquarium. And they, and they, uh, Bert said, wait, with Ellie? And I said, yeah, and you both just started laughing. Because, and then Bert's like, you got a slog ahead of you. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even know what that means, of course. Um, now I know. Uh, so as Abby, like, I, I felt like they they inserted all of this with Lev, uh, and uh, I've already forgotten the name again. Yara. Yara, thank you. Um, <clears throat> and I, it's not that, I, again, it's not that I didn't like it, it's that, it felt like you were, they were purposely trying to write this in and have you play for an extended period of time to demonstrate some of the kind of character redemption for Abby um, and some growth of her as a person compared to some of the horrible things she's done by using uh, Lev and Yara. And again, not that I didn't dislike it. I just, it felt very, very long-winded and, you know, almost even boring at times. Well, the problem I think with that part, especially, is that you do all of that and you build up, and then what happens? Yara gets shot <laughs> and dies like immediately after you. You know, I mean, it, there, there's so it, it, it bothered me so much. It was like, okay, this is what we're gonna do, and then all of a sudden, like everything I've just done, and you know, climbed this giant thing in the middle of Seattle, and and went on this huge adventure with you know Lev, and then boom, toast. You know, like, <laughs> she doesn't die that fast, Dan. I mean, she, remember her arm gets broken and then you have to kind of yeah. find. Oh, that hurt, by the way. Yeah. yeah, that was rough. But yeah, I mean, but but still, I mean, everything that you're doing, it kind of just, I mean, you, you, you're trying to validate, I guess, all of this work that you put in to do something to save her to, you know, and yep. then, you know, she bites the dust, you know, in some crazy I mean, just really, it just, it just that blew my mind to me, and that was one of those issues I had with the pacing. It was just like, okay, we're doing all this stuff, and then very, very suddenly, she gets smoked, you know, and it, it just it bothered me. You know, it just it felt it, you didn't really feel validated. I think after that whole thing, and you know, you already knew what everything else that was happening. You know, where Abby had to go from there because you know what you went through with Ellie. So it's rough, man. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> I agree. Same with um, who is it, Isaac in that same yeah. scene. Like, mm -hmm. the whole game goes up to that point, and then boom, boom. There go Yara and Isaac. And it's like, well, great. We had all this context and all this story leading up to this point, and boom, boom. Oh, by the way, run off because there's still more people chasing you. Like, we didn't even get a moment of profit. We just kind of, kind of okay, I guess those two are gone. The dog eat dog world. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, I thought that the Yara and Lev 
chapters were totally unnecessary in the game. I thought they were added in there just to give Abby someone to talk to, so you're not just walking around with Abby the entire time. Uh, you could have literally taken those two characters out, and even the camp, the what they call Seraphites or something like that. Uh, you can take that whole game chapter, which I thought was actually beautiful, by the way, that 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 play area. But it wasn't needed, and that half the time that you're in there, you're fighting maybe two areas where they're actually fighting people, and the rest of the time was just totally not needed in the game. I think they were just looking for something to extend the Abbey playthrough, and yeah. I thought it wasn't necessary in any form to the plot whatsoever until the end, um, which we'll talk about when we get there. But well, to that, to that, I will say it, it did seem really forced, and they, of course, they had to give something for Abby to do. The one good thing from that was love, though. No, I, I don't. I'm not on board with love as much as other people. I think he was kind of cardboard and not quite the character he could have been. But I mean, it, there was a certain role that Lev had to play. And the interesting thing about Lev is he redeemed the humanity for both Abby and Ellie by the end of the game. And um, yeah. I, that's going to be my opinion towards the the final fight scene. I know we'll get there, but I believe Lev being there specifically helped. Yep. And there was another thing that happened there too, but I believe Lev really helped um, Abby and Ellie at the same time. So um, I think that inclusion of Lev was really cool, um, really great, um, really great character, necessary character for that point. But I agree, having to go to the hospital, which was an amazing sequence, but totally unnecessary because Yara had a broken arm, seemed really filler. It, it seemed really yeah. like that they it were felt like almost like a long-winded fetch quest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. and I agree with you, Bert. Like, uh, you know, I had this screenshot right that this entire area and and, and playthrough was gorgeous, um, but it just it just, again just felt way too long, way too long. What do you guys What do you guys think of the numerous gangs um, or I guess camps in the game? So you have the Seraphites, you had Ellie's oh. camp, then you have the Fireflies, and then you have the what are those other guys called? The Rooter? WJD or something? No. no, the guys at the end of the game that actually kidnapped. Oh, uh, the Rattlers. Rattlers. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, <laughs> I feel like none of them were really developed a ton. Um, they were all kind of had a brief introduction of what they are, and you kind of think that they're the Fireflies, but kind of not. They're a new chapter of the Fireflies, um, and each one of them is coming from a different angle. So I, what did you guys think about those? What do you think they're developing? They validate Joel's reason for keeping Ellie alive at the end of the first one. Yeah. Because the whole world is filled with garbage. Like, <laughs> and it happened off the first one too. Like, besides Jackson, the entire rest of the world is screwed. Like, these, this is our hope for humanity everywhere. Everywhere they go, it's people who want to eat you or people who want to kill you. Or I mean, everywhere they go. And, and Joel's like, okay, I'd rather have the one good person she was at the time, Ellie, you know, live than all these other schmucks. Because, I mean, it just seems like wherever they go, it just gets worse and worse. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. I, th I, I see what you know. The rattlers at the end, in particular, I felt were just added on. You know, I get the whole point of capturing Abby, and you know, we'll we'll talk about that detail at the end. But it's just like, you know, you're going to introduce something with what a few hours left in the game of two games, and uh, one game you've already spent twenty plus twenty five plus hours on. It just felt, yeah, yeah it felt, I don't know, felt tacked on. What I did like the uh, the scars, though. I mean, I thought, you know, I, yeah, I liked I liked the way they introduced them. They were new. They were more fully fleshed out. Yeah. Obviously, the whistling, you know, and kind of the communication, I thought was I thought kind that was of cool. interesting. Yeah. Um, so that was okay. Uh, but to your point, I think it 
it only just goes to show, uh, you know, the horribleness of the world that they're demonstrating here. Humanity's a piece of shit, unfortunately. Doesn't People equal shit, man. Slipknot it doesn't song. change. It doesn't change just because the apocalypse is around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> What's sad about the Seraphites is it sounded like they were a group that could have had some redeeming qualities, but since their leader died, I, I it was the, the lady who was up, like, I guess she was really cool and was all about love and everybody get along. But once she got off, and I don't think we find out how that was, it seems like every single member of that cult was like, okay, let's kill everybody who doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that was contrary to what she was, because Lev was like, no, if you understood it how I understood it, you'd really enjoy it. And, and he tries to share with Abby some of the cool things he learned, and they, they all make sense. And I guess somewhere along the line, everyone's like, well, forget all that, we're going to kill everybody, because they don't Think like you, so. But I yeah. did like the fights. They were pretty. Good. Yeah, Sarko me. said they. Uh, he liked them too. He would have liked the flashback to show the founder, you know, in a scene. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, that that's what I was trying to pick. Like, where the hell is this founder of these guys? I thought that was like we were working towards that point. No. Yeah, yeah. There was, <laughs> like I saw these pictures that people painted on, you know, that painted, yeah. you know, they painted all these murals or whatever. I'm like, oh, we're gonna find her, and she's gonna be some kind of crazy freak show, and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, this is dumb. I think um, you learn more about all the gangs and the lore in the game and the collectibles. Um, right. And I think if you just zoom yeah. by those or just collect them and move on, you don't get as much. Yeah. But I wish there was more to them versus just a collectible. Yeah, um, there's yeah. a major faction in the game. You, you know, you gotta, you're gotta you telling us a story, and they're part of that story. You know, it's got to be more than just a couple of things I notes I pick up, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. You know who we can blame for that, right? Dr. Uckman. I knew you were Dr. Uckman. <laughs> I did like finding the cards, though. I thought they were cool. Uh, you know, funny enough, look, that's a direct native 4K screenshot from my PS4 Pro. And Bert goes back to what we were saying. If you look at that screenshot, that looks like PS3. That looks like Last of Us Remastered. It's kind of funny. What? Yeah. Whoops. The cricket? That one with that thing. Is that one of you? That's so probably me? Dan. That's probably Dan. Me? Oh, no, that's me. My phone's over there, so sorry about the crickets. Oh, I'm going. God. Um, <laughs> so um, let's get to, uh, you know, we're a little ways in now. Let's let's talk about the first major, major scene, I would say, and that's Abby getting back to, um, you know, you finish up going through all this stuff, this filler, but you get Abby and you're standing outside and you're working your way to the theater. And, you know, they, she knows that's where all her friends are dead. Uh, she knows that's where they are staying. <coughs> Sorry. Whoa. And you get to the scene. You know, there's a couple scenes we'll talk about here. But first, want to talk about you're now in the shoes of Abby and you have to try and kill Ellie. Um, and I will tell you, for me, I hated this. I hated sure. it. Um I didn't. I didn't enjoy it one bit. I actually tried to die on purpose as Abby, and see if you can advance the story and let Ellie win. Um, I just sure thought, what? That would, that would have been nice because the game would have just ended. You wouldn't have. <laughs> but I just already at hour twenty at that point, anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just. I don't know. I really, really struggled with that, particularly when you actually finish the fight. And Ellie's laying on the ground, coughing up blood, and Abby has a knife to Dina's throat. Um, you know, and this is where some of the Lev redemption comes in. You were referring to Elo because he basically makes the comment to stop, you know, but she's pregnant yeah. and Abby stop. Um, but, you know, Abby makes the comment, you know, uh, or Ellie says, you know, she's pregnant. 
And Abby says, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, you're well, at a point. Yeah, you're at a point here where you've already got me playing as someone who killed Joel. You've already made me play through 10 plus hours of someone I didn't really care about and you're trying to make me care about. And then you have me hurt the character I care the most about in this entire franchise. And, you know, basically, you know, go after to kill her and her lover, whatever you want to call her. Um, Struggled a a lot with that scene. Yep. I I will say that that, I guess you call it a boss fight. Um, I'll turn my phone off, by the way. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I will say that Ellie's a badass uh, when you fight her, which is really cool. Um, and you see the way she's able to do stuff, but I felt the same way. I mean, you left, you're left with the cliffhanger of the theater when um, you break in and then you stop playing as Ellie and you play as Abby for the next 10, 15 hours. And then you come back and now you have to fight Ellie versus finding out what happened. By the way, Jesse got in the face, didn't he? Like right as the door opens. Yeah. They killed him off. They, they kill off a lot of people like out of nowhere really quick and, and just very. Yeah. Really yeah. 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 But no, I, I will say that's a cool area. Um, I, I didn't like it either. I didn't like that I had to fight Ellie. I was hoping they weren't going to kill her off. And I, I was kind of worried that one of the spoilers that I had missed was Ellie dies too, and that you're no longer playing as uh, Ellie or Joel, and now you have to move forward with the rest of the game as Abby. And I was like, oh, crap. This better not be where, where Ellie dies. So I was really concerned about that. Yeah, that was um, that, that, that was a scene where I was just like Ames. I killed myself over and over, probably twelve times in a row. I, I let Abby just get the worst of Ellie over and over and over again. I'm like, I don't know, I don't like this, you know. But um, that, when I actually buckled down and said, okay, I got to do this, the fight was actually kind of fun. It was weird seeing Ellie as as a bot, someone I'm not actually running around being the good guy. Like she's the she's the main boss of this area. But, um, and it was also weird that I was able to throw bottles and things and she would react to them. Like, that's a main go-to move of hers. And she yeah. was falling for the same thing. I'm like, that doesn't make much sense. But it was still, it, it was fun. It was heartbreaking. It was, it, was, it was not easy to get through that, for sure. Nope. I also felt like, um, you know, they, it's become almost a running joke or has become a running joke about how big and buff Abby is. Um, no. You know, meanwhile, Ellie looks like she's maybe 80 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you're there's times where they're fighting and, you know, Ellie's almost put up a fight. And I'm like, realistically, this isn't making a whole lot of sense here That's at all. Uh, yeah, I really struggled with that aspect of it, too. Again, I go back to Halo 5 when, you know, Locke smacks Chief and breaks his helmet. I'm like, who wrote this? Just stop it. <laughs> you know, this, this, this is not accurate. Um, but... Anyway. Chief would have just grabbed his hand mid-punch and just laughed. Yeah, I would have snapped him in half, you know. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan. No, that was one of my, you know, the first time you walk into the theater, even before all that stuff happens. And I love seeing that, like, kind of foreboding, like, level design. When you walk in, you're like, yeah, there's something going to happen. Something's going down in the back of this theater. They because- built tension incredibly well in this Yeah, game. Yeah, well, they, just from, like, the, the where the cover was and – and, you know, they had, like, cars, walls, all that other stuff. And it's just like, well, I wonder when that's going to happen. It was just, like, a matter of time. I love when I see that kind of stuff. It's just yeah. fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I was, it was hard, man. It was hard to beat the crap out of L.A., for sure. So, it, it, but, I mean, it worked, I guess, for a moment. But I, to your point, Ains, I, I mean, I never tried to, like, lose on purpose. I mean, <laughs> I the shit out of her as best I could. So, you know, it, but it was good. I mean, it was well done. 
you know, but you you have such a beloved character, especially from the first, you know, first game. It, it, it was tough, uh, you know, a little bit. I still kicked her ass. So. <laughs> Without me being buff, it's interesting that it goes on. Okay, how do I say this? One thing I hated about her wasn't the reason that people hated her fully. My biggest issue with her was how selfish she was. And I think her buffness is kind of an attributed factor of that. For her to get that buff in post-apocalyptic world, yeah, she has to like, out <laughs> all, all the um, protein and steroids or whatever. And I get to trying to make a strong female character, literally, with her. It didn't uh, Throughout the entire game, everything she does is about her. You know, um, it's her revenge because she, she brings people along, her best friends, just so she can get her revenge. Um, she, even Lev and, and Yara, her redeeming quality so that she can not be a monster anymore was all about her. You know, she's helping them, and that's a nice side consequence, but it's all about her redeeming herself. And I, I really didn't like how selfish she was. And then she goes and breaks up Owen and Mel practically. I mean, they have their, their sex scene, and... You know, that's all about her getting hers. I mean, the whole thing was just Abby getting hers. And the whole game is trying to beg me, like her. Look, she plays with Dob. She's a great girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't like that. Like, if, if she could have actually reached her normal humanity instead of always being so selfish, I think I would have liked her more. I didn't hate her, but I didn't like her. And I think that was the biggest thing. You yeah, know, I yeah. got That was my biggest thing. Yeah, her physical appearance to me was weird because they changed her from the initial trailers that they had with her in there. So mm -hmm. if you remember the original trailer that happened at the – I think it was the maybe GDC in 2018 where she's being dragged uh, by like like kind of like tied up on there and she's being dragged through the forest and she's about to get like cut in the stomach and killed. That was Abby, and that's the first time we're introduced to her. If you watch that trailer from 2018 to what actually made it to the game, they added like 20 to 30 pounds of muscle on her <laughs> in the game. And I'm like, why was they added? Why, why was all that added? And one of the things that I saw on Twitter that was funny is um, the way Abby's character looks is actually what Lara Croft should look like versus uh, oh. what she looks like in the world, just with her being climbing up mountains and, you know, repelling and doing stuff. That's what yeah, Lara Croft yeah, yeah. looks like. And in an ap apocalyptic world where you're struggling to eat a burrito, uh, somewhere you should not be buff like that in any form. Yeah, Laura Croft is rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, she's, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It was weird that they made her that way. I I don't have too many problems with her. I just know that the, for example, the person that they modeled her body off of is a like professional CrossFitter that works out four times a day and is probably on all kinds of supplements and stuff and eating seven times a day, which is weird for the game. But. Yeah. I never, I never hated Abby just like you, Elu. Um, I just didn't care for her, and I didn't see her plight throughout the entire game as much as I was supposed to. But um, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. So then, you know, you get the scene. She lets her go, and we get one of again one of my favorite scenes in the game, where you're back, uh, introduced to this farmhouse, and you, you know. Yeah, you've got the baby, you've got the good relationship with Dina, you've got the cooking, the music, you know, and they're obviously in the middle of some, you know, nowhere, basically. They're just off on their own, doing their own thing. And I thought it was fantastic. Um, really liked how they set this up. I just, for me, I had this nagging feeling already that it wasn't over, you know, that they weren't going to leave it there. So I guess the question for you guys, how did you feel about this scene and this, what, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was, depending on how much you looked around, probably an hour and a half for me. Um, did you feel that they could have left the game here and been okay with it? 
or no? Well, it really wouldn't have completed any of the arcs. You know what I mean? Like, it, it well, would have, you would you it would have been you assume they just they went their way and yeah, left yeah, it yeah. at that. So basically, right after the theater scene, this is it. And yep. yeah, I, I guess <laughs> it would have been all right. Um, but at the same, I mean, from a time invested standpoint, yeah, I would have been great with it because there was still another. 10 hours after that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was, they could have, but I don't think you really got that, you know, because as much as we talk about the revenge, it's really the story about, you know, forgiveness. As, as, redemption. Yeah. 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 Or just being able, you know, yeah, redemption or, for, you know, because really you go through Ellie basically forgiving Joel, you know, for what he did. And then, you know, Ellie had never really, done that herself so it's kind of you know you, you you got to kind of a point where she had to kind of finish in my opinion and i don't think she really did so i would i would have said yeah just you know maybe a little bit more i don't i don't think i would have been a hundred percent cool with that it's just just because especially now that i know what happened afterwards you know if, if you would have told me that would have been it yeah. and I, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen after that then maybe i've been like eh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I was duped. I, I, I really thought that was gonna be the final scene. I thought I, I didn't think that was gonna be the absolute final, but I thought something that, like it was gonna be maybe they get to have their awesome moment, but then we see Adam like you know showing up like the back of her as she enters the, the, the compound or, or the, the, the homestead or whatever. And then you know, credits. And then we don't know what happens there, you know? Something like that. Um, or, or a million other versions of something like that, where it's like there's 10 more minutes of something's about to happen to kind of make things a little bit awry, and then the credits happen. I had no idea that we were going to have to play like a DLC worth of content to, to, to get to the end. <laughs> the expansion. An expansion. Yeah. yeah, for me it was weird until um, I, I, I thought it was going to be the end too. They were going to leave it like a bit on a cliffhanger. Um, it, but it would have been kind of lame because you kind of go through both stories and nothing really gets solved in any way except they beat each other's ass and people died on the way. Um, it would have been weird. But I, I do think that uh, the second she has that nightmare uh, when the sheep yeah. are going into the barn and then Tommy shows up, I think that sparks something inside of her um, to say, I need to finish what I started because of Joel. And that's when you start realizing, I think there's even like a small flashback scene. I can't remember for sure that reminds her of how much she actually did love Joel, despite her last words to him not being what she wanted it to be. So, I mean, I guess we can talk about what the rest of the expansion is in the game, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, so, you know, uh, where you are here, right? This is the last time you see Dina. Yeah. You know, Dina, yeah. Dina's, Dina's done and she makes it pretty clear that you know here's the conversation i just grabbed the screenshot but you know they have this kind of debate about ellie leaving again and she makes it pretty clear that you know if you do this uh you know it may not be here when you get back um and i again just uh, i'm torn and i think as many complaints as i have with this game um which is crazy because i gave it a nine right but we'll get to that but as many complaints as i have about it i think it is interesting that it, it it makes you so pensive around the decisions they made because, you know, I'm looking at Ellie again, maybe too protective, maybe as a father figure of you've got this nice life now. I know it's not wrapped up all neat and tight, but few things in life rarely are. Um, 
and you've got this beautiful farmhouse. You're happy with your woman. You've got this beautiful baby. Let it go. I know it sounds horrible uh, to some, and I, I was kind of conflicted of, do you go out and actually finish this or try to finish it, uh, whatever finish it is, um, or do you, you know, live with that life? And I think part of the game's brilliance, the good part of it, is it makes you think holistically about those decisions. Yeah, there's too many ultimatums, though. Like, I there's I, a I, lot of them. Yeah, a lot. Idea. of them is upset that she wants to go out, but this is a world where she doesn't have like psychiatric help and these sorts of things to get over what she's clearly. That's a good point. And you yeah. have to understand that, you know, she might say, I don't want you to go. And I, I get all that. You have a, a child here and we have a, a wife, but to just be so unsupportive as if you leave, we're done. You know, well, whatever this was, it's, it's suddenly gone at the end. Like, that's not a very supportive relationship. I mean, that makes you <laughs> things can come up in their relationship because that would have been the ultimatum. You know, you do this without, like, we're done. You know, I mean, it seems like if you're in a committed relationship, you're going to let her deal with things that are so integral to her that she needs to do them. And I get that she's scared and she doesn't want her to do that, but, I mean, that's – if you love someone, you let them go and they can come back. You know, you don't so, just let them go. Do you think it's – like if you're in a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say there's there's context there. Real quick, let me shout out Mariano. Mariano, good to see you, man. Thanks, as always, for $5 Super Chat. You're always too generous, man. He said, redemption for Joel. Give me give me a Mufasa-like moment in the clouds during the farm. <laughs> Joel in the clouds, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would have been a good way to end it. Yeah, remember who you are, Ellie. That would have been hilarious. Um, appreciate that, man. No, thank you very much. Um what I was going to say is, to your point, uh, Pat and, and Dan, sorry, you can comment one second. I was just going to say that keep in mind, it's, 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 I would say it's a little different than what we would say of like a relationship where if you have to do this, you know, I'm going to support you and hopefully you'll come back, et cetera, because of what they had already gone through. Right. You're, you were at a point where Abby very clearly could have killed you both. Um, she had you beat. She had the knife to her throat. You would have never had the kid. Um, she could have finished you guys off and you're now setting out on a journey back across a long distance to go to somewhere where you have no idea where you're going to, what you're going to face in this crazy world that we've been talking about. Right. And they've come so close to dying so many times that it mm -hmm. felt like Dina was basically saying, there's a very small chance you're ever going to come back alive. And so, you know, don't do it. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. I just think she could have been a little bit more supportive. Like, you know, say <laughs> how mad she was, how upset she was with that decision. You know, but not that it's an like, it's just too many ultimatums in a world that already lives off of ultimatums. I mean, yeah. maybe there's a to that. So, I mean, maybe it makes sense. Yeah, the, the, way I, the way I looked at it was basically, you know, it, it was still mirroring Joel's path, right? The selfishness, you know, her thinking basically about herself. Same decision that Joel made at the end of the first game. And, you know, and now she's making that kind of same decision. You know, what are the consequences, you know, going to be like? I think Joel maybe, you know, had an idea, you know, during the first, you know, the ending of the first game. Um, and I think Ellie, you know, she really knew, you know, what, you know, but but she had to do it for whatever the reasons were. Rather, you know, it's you could say they were selfish, you know, and they were to a certain extent because you know she basically left in, in a post-apocalyptic world a, a family, you know, that you don't have, you know, you don't see that a whole lot um, in this world. You know, you got a new baby, and 
you know, it's, it's somebody that you're in love with and they're there and you could have just said, that's it, you know, I'm good, you know, but you know, she was haunted by a lot of things. Um, but it, like I said, it just, it keeps mirroring Joel's story, you know, from the first one. So, you know, I, I can see the parallels are drawing and, you know, that's cool. And, you know, so I, I think that's what they were kind of going for, you know, especially when you kind of see what happens, you know, at the end of the game and all the cutscenes and everything. So, but, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I would have, yeah, I probably would have stayed there. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure anything, you know, been like, yeah, you know, we're good. We're good. You, you wouldn't have walked all the way to Southern California? No. <laughs> no. That's what I mean. Yeah, you missed it. Uh, oh, but I said, it, you know, you choose to go on this very long journey by yourself where they've almost died countless times. And yep. Dina was basically to the point of you're not coming back alive. Right. Um, because Abby, as I was saying, Abby already had them beat. She she could have killed both of them. Yep. Um, and it just, I don't know. It seemed, I get it, right? Finish it. That's the whole thing is is finish what you set out to do. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, probably should not have gone. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I guess she was messed up, which is uh, especially she shouldn't have gone. You know, I, I just think, um, but Gina, I, I don't like the ultimatum, but yeah, Ellie going. <laughs> I don't get that at all. Like Tommy comes in and he's all broken up and he's like, there's, I mean, there's another ultimatum, right? Kind of. He's like, I, you, you never really liked Joel or whatever, you know, and how, how could you do this? You promised him. And, and it, it that just seemed like, I, I don't know what happened to Tommy, but he became a different character in that scene. Yep. I um, agree completely. It didn't, it didn't feel right at all. I think he was actually a zombie. I, I think he was dead and he just came back. Like he got, well, I don't know how many times I thought he was dead. But um, so I knew he was like he came back, and I was like, "Wow, Tommy's still alive." But um, then maybe that was it. Maybe he was just had a little bit of brain damage. Things aren't working out at home, so I don't know. But he seemed like a lot different in that scene. And of course, it guilt tripped Ellie. Ellie felt like, "Well, now I have to," and she wasn't in a good place there. Uh, I mean, you know, speculation is that you know he did feel like a different character, but but did he feel that way because you know you see his face because you think he's dead. Um, and obviously got shot in the face and, you know, his brother's been killed by her and he's nearly been killed by her and his oh, life is kind of ruined. He can't really go out and do it himself. Right. Because you sure. think realistically you've got one eye, you're not capable in the same way, I guess, of being as effective in terms of hunting or other things. Uh, you know, that that's, I think that's probably what's driving that writing piece. Oh, that could be, that could be. Yeah. He definitely yeah. wants to be yeah. All right. So here's where, and I know Dan had to step away for a second, but here's where I struggled yet again. So you get this very, very meaningful farmhouse scene. Um, and the game takes you of the direction of, okay, this isn't over. Get ready for the expansion. Um, and, <laughs> and prepares you to, to get on the road and you take off and you're like, all right, okay, you know, we're going to go finish this. Uh, because you've just been playing as Ellie. What does the game do? You immediately start playing as Abby again. Yep. And I was like, why am I Abby? And why am I on this random street in Southern California again doing something that I just don't care about? Um, I don't know why you would do that. In fact, if you think about the direction the game went where you find out that she was captured... Um, and you know you get to the final scene, which we'll get to. You don't even have to play as Abby to have that happen. You could have very easily have given that context um, to just continue the journey as Ellie 
to make the last, first of all, to cut down on some of the filler at the end, right? Mm-hmm. To make it more direct, but also to keep the care, the player as Ellie, who they identify with more. Yeah. I, I think what they did there, Ains, is they, they showed you what Ellie's doing after that big fight at the theater. And now they got to show you what Abby's going to be doing um, after the big fight at the theater. And they sent her to, was it San Diego or something like that? I can't remember. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. And she's trying to find where the fireflies actually are. So she can kind of restart the fireflies or have a more legit. Cause after Isaac gets blown away in that one scene, there's no longer a leader there anymore. And now she's trying to start something fresh with Lev. Um, but yeah, to your point, you finish that whole thing. There's a nightmare. Ellie's going to start going after her. And now you find out what's going on with her and you play with her for a couple hours. Like probably for you, Ains, like five hours. And then, <laughs> and then you're captured um, and you're stuck. But that whole thing was really quick too. And that's where the Rattlers make their appearance. And it was just very uncharacteristic for me and very weird. Um, but yeah, to me, it was very strange. It was, it was once again, filler for me. I, I felt like some of that stuff could have been taken care of in a different way, but I guess that's the direction they went, which I'm not a fan of. Yeah. That's a really good point you make there. Um, it's, it's filler. It's stuff that could have been done in story. I think Bert does make a good point that it's, they already showed you Ellie. Now they got to show Abby, but as soon as they put you in Abby's shoes, you're just going, oh man, how much more does this game have? You know, it, <laughs> Um, what, what is it? Oh, Lord of the Rings, um, Return of the King. Like, it just never ends. There's a comedy ending. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, here we go again. Now, to be fair, that section I really enjoyed. I thought some of the gameplay there and some of the level design of that, like, mansionary was fantastic. I absolutely loved that. But at the same time, I didn't want to play it. I was like, just show me the end here. Like, like yeah. I've played this long. You know, I, I mean, this is great and all, but I've already played so long, you know? And yeah. But it might, it might not have felt that bad if you hadn't already spent 10 plus hours in the other Abbey sections. Yep. True. Very true. Dan, we were so, talking about the Abbey section after the Ellie section. What are your thoughts? Basically, we were saying, Dan, you're on the farm with Ellie, and I was saying another problem I have with the game is you have these meaning, really meaningful moments with Ellie on the farm, and then you you, you get in your mindset, okay, we're, we're going. We're going to finish this and go get Abbey, and then the very next thing you do is play as Abbey again. In the middle of Santa Barbara, yeah, doesn't um, seem very necessary. No, it just it just felt it was, like yeah, you didn't it need to do this. Short too. It was, I mean, there was yeah, it was that that was the shortest part of the entire game. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is where she's at, and she got captured, and that was. That was <laughs> I mean, you 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 yeah, you, you're right. You don't really need that, you know, little scene. Basically, is all it is. It doesn't take very long. So, I mean, more filler. Basically, like you guys said, I, I totally unnecessary. I mean, we could have just jumped right into you know maybe, maybe even give it a little bit more, you know, Ellie, you know, instead of you know, more nothing. Basically, there was nothing to it. <laughs> well, so, that's what I'm saying. You could you could have very easily given the context of her being captured at some camp without actually playing that section. And I think that, you know, in hindsight, for me anyway, this is just my opinion, but if you cut down on some of the time playing as Abby to begin with in the Seattle portion and then do the farmhouse scene and then just play as Ellie the rest of the way where you're, you're the, you know, the ending chapter, whatever you want to call it, is where you play as Ellie and you do the journey to get Abby. I think that, for me, that would have been a better setup, a more concise at one point, Ellie gets captured, sort of, but then she like kills her captors right away. I, I wish they would have drawn that out 
let her get captured. Now she and Ellie, um, Ellie and Abby both have to be in the same cell together, but they can't kill each other. So they can have like <laughs> a, a real characterization one where they're actually just talking instead of talking with their, their blades and guns. They can actually just have it out and have a good yelling session and then realize they're more similar than they, they want to admit. And then they have to work together to get break out of this place. You know, at the end of that seems so rushed. And that, like moments like that are what Naughty Dog usually does so well. And it seems like they really missed a, a moment. Instead of golfing him, if Joel would have like, say, given his life while he was protecting Abby, trying to trying to save Abby, he like gave his life. And then Abby feels a loss, that, like how, how could this have gone? Like um, this guy I tried to kill is not fine. And now he goes for the rest of the game as like Ellie and Abby. And they learned uh, kind of some some of Abby's motivations against Joel. Like that could have been a lot more interesting and more. Uh, I think people would have had more uh, like a better reception, I guess, um, for Joel going out that way, like a hero's death, instead of getting golf club by some stranger. Yeah, that would be a whole different way to go with it. So. Then, you know, it goes without saying, I think one of the problems, and I know Sarko reached out to me on this as well, is, you know, he gets captured, and this is supposedly the leader of this Rattlers group uh, and one of his henchmen, for lack of a better word. And they just, you know, like you said, it, it gets captured, but then it's just like, all right, you know, feed his arm to the to the clicker, and, you know, she shoots the other guy and kills him, and that's that. Um, it just felt really, again, felt like inserted without real meaning at all. Yeah. Yeah, you don't hear anything more about the Rattlers at all. I mean, they're I guess they're maybe a slave trading type gang or something, and they capture people, and you see the people that are captured, and you get to them just to get to Abby, and that's really it. I mean, they felt like they were just this tiny gang that was thrown in at the end just for the story. I'm wondering if I would have been fine with Abby and Lev getting into Santa Barbara, getting in a house, and they're eating dinner one night or something, and then Ellie shows up there, and then that same interaction happens. But I guess you had to have Abby super weak, um, and almost crucified, I guess, you, is what she was in order for Ellie to have a chance to have a hand to hand combat with her. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. Oh, and she looked, uh, well, when you get to her, she looked a lot more like you figure she would look in the post apocalyptic <laughs> world. Similar. <laughs> <laughs> Sarko and Chaz at same cell, a little hard earned catharsis, like Lethal Weapon 2 with Levis Joe Pesci. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, man. You, you needed to have that moment. Um, she had to be weak somehow because. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she she lost her she she lost all the will. Like at one point she says, "The next time I see you, you're dead." You know, if I ever see you again, you're gone. Yeah. And she's again in the what theater. Happened? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. She just yeah. did not care. That her will to live was gone. There was something Owen said earlier in the game about how he met a, a no no one of those um, scars, I guess, the seraphites, and he said he came across a seraphite that said something similar where he lost the will to live and he just couldn't kill him. He didn't want to hurt him. And yeah. I think that was supposed to parallel Abby and Abby just didn't care. Abby's fight was gone. That's why I think Ellie doesn't kill right away. Ellie's looking at someone completely different and, and, yeah. and be there. And I think you had to kind of have that concept. I don't think you needed that the whole end thing, but if you're going to do it right, I think they actually did that part as well as they could have by making her just so uh, emaciated and just lacking of all, all will. The only thing she ever did was go over to live and, and the first, it's like she, she was on some kind of um, zombie brain where all she cared about was Lev in that moment and just getting out of it. <laughs> she didn't care that Lev was there. You know, and yep. that. So I thought that was a pretty powerful moment. Yep. 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 And then, you know, you get the final scene. 
And so you think you're kind of, you know, she gets lab, like you said, you think they're basically headed out. And uh, Ellie has that realization again that she's come this far, has already basically tried to leave this alone once and, you know, couldn't, um, that she has to finish it. And so you do the final fight now as Ellie. And, uh, you know, it goes without saying, right, you get to the part where uh, you, you can finish Abby. Now, uh, she doesn't, of course. And let me ask you guys straight out. As you were playing that scene, did you want Ellie to kill Abby? Yes. <laughs> okay, so we got two yeses. What about you, Pat? No, no. I'm, okay. I guess I'm one of the few here, but my answer is no. No, I actually, so we're, it's funny. We're 50, 50 cause I was playing it and she's holding her and it's, you know, they, again, they build tension very well. They do cinematic scenes very, very well. And despite not really caring for Abby, despite everything that we've already talked about, um, my thought at that moment was don't, don't do it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it would have been a terrible idea, right? It would have been a terrible, like it, I would love to have seen it. But at the same time, I don't think that would have really made sense, you know, in the whole arc. Of- yeah, the, well, that finishes the arc, right? Is yeah. that Ellie, you know, re- kind of regains her humanity yeah. and, you know, right. yeah. Exactly. I, if yeah. I could rephrase my answer there, I think going through the mission, I wanted nothing more than to kill Abby once I found her. Now, when I, uh, to, to find her, but when I find her and see her emaciated and, you know, trying to live for Lev, and you're beating the hell out of her in the water and drowning her and stuff. I didn't want her to kill her at that point. Oh, okay. That's what I was asking. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. I think that's what I was. Now, one thing I will say is um, when she's, I think Abby says, I'm not going to fight you. Um, I think she understands Ellie's drive for revenge and to finish it off because that's exactly what she did. Um, yep, yep. She hopes she finds the humanity and that's why she pretty much gives up. Cause even in that fight, there's a couple moments where Abby has, Ellie dead to rights at that moment. And she still kind of leaves her alone and, but she's super weak too, but you know, hand to hand combat, it's pretty obvious that Abby's going to win that fight, even in a weakened state, but you can definitely see the humanity between the two of them, their eye contact, everything going on there. I think it was an important scene uh, for both of them and what happens. And I I really want to see what happens if there is a three, you know, is it going to be maybe the two of them connect in some form and try to take on the firefly? I have no idea what it could be. I mean, it's, the imagination can kind of run wild here. And that's where I said before, does Ellie kind of leave the franchise? And now it's about Abby and Lev and now their little story that they take as they get away when Ellie more of a supporting character at that point, there's so many different interpretations that you could really think about what could be a three, but, yeah. um, and we'll, we'll talk about Ellie, what she goes back to after that. Cause even after that, the game's not over. There's, there's more games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there, you know, some of the really kind of impactful scenes on that last fight, right? Two to me, where one, when you're knifing Abby and you're basically cutting her up, that just mm-hmm. felt really crazy to play yeah. to me because it felt yeah. very realistic. And as yeah. I'm playing, I'm like, oh, oh, you know, like ah, Oof, got my and, Yeah, and then of course, you know, <laughs> Abby bites off two of Ellie's yeah. fingers. Yep. Um, which you know is what it is, right? Um, but very, very kind of tough fight and uh sarko completely disagrees with us by the way he said finish it you've sacrificed too much and mm-hmm. now you made a tactical error of having the threat still out there <laughs> in abby yeah. uh which you know is part of the debate i guess but i thought that this the cinematography of this scene at the end this scene in particular um 
you know, really kind of, kind of hit me again. Uh, and I think this is these types of things here, what Naughty Dog does, uh, if not better than any other developer, damn well, you know, near the top. Um, so it, it's we can debate around leaving it or not all the time, but, uh, you know, over and over again. But I think from a cinematic standpoint and getting people, if nothing else, getting people to question the game and the thought process and the story and stuff, um, I think they, they just do really well. No matter how you feel about this game, it's something that people are going to talk about for years, and people are going to have good points either way, and they're going to have valid points either way. Um, for me, I the reason I didn't want her to kill her at the end is because I wanted her to find that humanity. Like Ellie is a very important character to us. Um, I think Joel and Ellie are both like family members, which is why the whole scene where Joel gets off is so integral. Like uh, it, it rubbed people in such the wrong way because that was done in cold blood to Joel, whereas Joel. You know, he was killing people to save Ellie, you know, his, his baby girl. So I think that rubbed people the wrong way because these are family members that we went through the whole first game with. So I didn't want to see Ellie lose her community completely. I wanted to see her find it. And um, when she saw Lev in that fight, I think, you know, and then, then she flashed back to Joel. She was realizing that, oh, yeah, she's becoming a monster. And Lev is, you know, in the same position she was in, in the first game, you know, and she's basically trying to kill Joel right now. I love Joel. And she, she couldn't do that. So I think that was pretty cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. Well, then, you know, we'll talk about the very end, right? So then, yes, you leaves her. You go back to the farmhouse, one final visit, and, uh, you know, you can see you walk up and it's empty. Uh, save for the record that they played earlier, you know, get those sentimental moments and uh, the guitar. And you have the guitar scene, which, you know, is even struggling, right? Because she's lost two fingers. So she can't even fully play it properly now. Um, which I think obviously was done on purpose as well. But, um, you know, I, I think that's the cap on the whole journey is that you, you made this decision, you wanted to finish it. At the end, you regained your humanity and stuff, but what have you lost to yeah. finish that jersey? And that's what it's showing you. She basically, she lost everything. Yep. Um, she has nothing left. You know, Ellie doesn't have anything left. Dean is gone. The child's gone. Joel's gone. Uh, Jesse's gone. Um, they leave Tommy, obviously, out there. But, I mean, the, her life is pretty much gone. What she knew is gone. Um, and it makes you question, was that worth it? Well, you saw what Joel, right, with that last, very, very last scene, you know, why she did what she did at, at the fight. You know, why, you know, when Joel says, uh, that, I'm paraphrasing where he's, you know, says basically, I, you know, I want to be able to work for your forgiveness, you know, yeah. I want to, you know, and so it's, yeah, she, she's got, I don't even know where she's going. You know, I mean, that, it's like, where do you go from this point? At least with the first one, you're kind of like, okay, I can see, you know, what, you know, they're, they're heading to Jackson. They're, they're going now, you know, she's got nothing. Like you said, she's got nobody. I guess she can go back to Jackson, um, but it doesn't really show, you know, what she's doing. Um, and at, at that point, you know, with Abby and Lev, I'm, I'm actually a little bit more curious as to what, you know, where they're going. You know, don't so, say that out loud. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just <laughs> did. Take so, it. But you know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, man. Like the way it ended. I mean, I think it was the way it had to end, but 
you know, maybe not the way I wanted it to end. I mean, and, and you know, when I say I wanted, you know, to kill Abby, that was just more for, you know, I, I just didn't like her at all. You know, <laughs> she basically ruined this whole relationship we've had with, you know, from the first game. But not that I don't get her motivation. I just, you know, it just pissed me off, you know. At the same time, you wouldn't really have a game if you didn't have that opening scene. So it's, you know, it, it, it was more... I know what needed to happen. It probably happened the right way. I think the writing was really well done. Um, it was more of a personal thing, you know. I mean, at this point, you've lost everything, you know, except for your humanity, like you guys have been saying. You know, I mean, just go that extra step, like Sarko says. Just finish it off. <laughs> you know, you're gonna come back to absolutely nothing. You already know that. You've already made that decision. So, yeah, it's all right. It was, it was a good game. <laughs> How you like that? That's my review. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier in our conversation, I thought that that last scene with Joel and Ellie, um, pretty much one of their last uh, big conversations, really hit me at the end. Um, and as you see Ellie walk away after her song and she walks into the fields, I guess, was pretty powerful. Um, mm -hmm. At that point, I, I, I did say, I hope the game is over now. I hope there's not another <laughs> two or three hours that we still have to play. Yeah. Now you got to go back to Abby. I was hoping that that was it. And so I was glad that that was it. Um, really enjoyed the game. Like I said, the main problem I had was Abby. I didn't care for her much. I didn't hate her or like her. Um, and then the pacing was just all over the place. But I thought they made some good choices overall with the story. I just wish it was done differently um, but overall i still enjoy the game quite a bit make good choices <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i like how it ended. i think that's about where they had to kind of be with all the plot that was already there i thought her trying to play the guitar which i think she can figure out how to play the guitar if she wants to but i guess that they can't have her be great on the guitar right now because she lost that part of her that's supposed to be a connection to joel and now she doesn't have that but I like that they left it ambiguous. So we're all going to talk about it for a, a great many years, and um, hopefully um, people will come up with all kinds of other ideas, and we'll see if there's a part three or not. But now people are going to talk about it. That's exactly what Naughty Dog wanted, and that's what they're going to get. Yep. Yep. So I, you know, I reviewed the game for us and struggled, had a lot of thoughts to put down, and struggled with the score on this game. And I went kind of between anywhere between like a seven and a half to a nine and a half. Um, and the question I think I asked at the end, I don't have it up in front of me, but really do the, you know, the, the questions that it's driven around humanity and everything we've talked about and the cinematics, because the cinematics were incredible and the way that Naughty Dog does some scenes, does that outweigh some of the issues, other issues with the game uh, pacing? We didn't even talk about the AI. I hated the AI. Um, you know, for uh, particularly for companions, I thought it was really poorly yeah. done. But, you know, um, you know, for me, I ended up giving it a nine and basically saying, you know, it is to your point, Elu, one of the games that we're going to continue to talk about for a very long time. Hell, we're talking about it right now, as many other people are. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know. Uh, where would you guys put that if you had to rate this game? Looking back on it now, personally, for me, the original, I'd give a 10. I think it's one of the greatest games of all time. It, it just it did something that very few games had done before. This game, in my opinion, I think I said in my review, is just because you could doesn't mean you should have. And this game, I don't believe, will be remembered in the same way that Last of Us 1 will. Um, and Abby will certainly not be remembered in the same way as Joel or Ellie. No, I, 
I think when I finished the game, so first of all, I clocked in at around 26, almost 27 hours. I had most of the collectibles done. Um, if I was to give it a number score, it'd be a seven and a half to an eight. I think I was at an eight. Um, but I graphically, technically, I thought the game was gorgeous. Like I said before, there was a few areas that were a little bit rough. I thought there was a ton of filler content. I had a lot of issues with the pacing of the game. And one of the things that really bothered me is the lack of Gustavo's music in some of the more important yes. parts of the game. Um, it was missing compared to where it was in part one. In part one, it was all over the place. He had a number of pieces that are memorable. In this game, they had a little bit of his music at the important CG trailer, uh, CG video moments, but not during gameplay where it is in the first one. Um, there is a few really cool songs that they had during the game that are not from him or part of the score, more of just the yeah. soundtrack. Um, those were memorable. But there was a few things that were missing. Um, I, I think after we have this conversation, I won't think about the game again as much until the PS5 comes out and I replay it on there. Um, whereas The Last of Us 1, I've played that game through four times now. And each time it's, it's something special to me. So um, that's where I would be score-wise, only because of those reasons. This is not a perfect game. I know a lot of people think it is. No. There's, it does definitely has its issues. And I, not to stop you guys from talking, but I struggle with the tens, right? Uh, and there's a lot of tens, and they were before the. We've heard about the the, uh, you know, the thing they held the reviewers to prior to this game's release, embargo. the embargo, uh, and there being some really strict rules around how you could talk about this game prior to release, not in terms of spoilers, but in terms of criticizing certain things. And I have mm -hmm. to just question that, you know, you. I don't think you've seen a review from an outlet after launch, you know, with this embargo that's given it a 10 in the same way you saw these 10s with this embargo. Um, yeah. I just don't think, I don't care who you are. If you're a critic and really looking at this guy critically, I don't see how you give this game a 10. I just don't. There's too many issues with it. Um, but that's my opinion anyway. And Bert, to your point, you know, Gustavo's soundtrack, incredible. There's some really good tracks on this official soundtrack aren't even in the game, to your right. point. Mm -hmm. So if you enjoy the music, go mm -hmm. listen to the official soundtrack. It's on Amazon, Spotify, what have you. It's it's excellent. Excellent. Sorry, one second, guys. Mariano, stop giving us money, man. What are you doing? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I greatly appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, I'm happy. He's trying to ask us the question so we focus on the question. Oh, I know. I know. But, you know, uh, we'll get to your question. No big deal. No big deal. So have you guys heard about the different interpretation of the ending? Um, I don't know what he was referring to. Do you guys know? No. I heard yeah. a lot of interpretations. You could go ahead, Bruce. Now, the one I heard is the fact that Abby intentionally lets her live multiple times not just not just the once in the theater like she purposely lost the fight she didn't want to fight her and it was because of abby's reasons uh behind that that that's another view of it now as far as like abby's and uh, ellie's different views on the ending i haven't heard the other ones but i have heard the fact that abby intentionally losing the fight on purpose i heard that side of it not that ellie won so oh, is there something else dina's bracelet interpretation yeah that one i um I did see that one because Ellie has Dina's bracelet. It's yep. assumed when we see her at the end of the game, she's already gone back to Jackson and had a talk with Dina, and they sort of made up or had some kind of scene there. And so she's basically back at the back at the farm, the farmhouse there, just tying up loose ends there. She's just trying to look at her stuff there. She's trying to basically pack up so she can go back to Jackson. But then she sees the guitar and she wants to have a moment remembering Joel, and then she can't play it, and then you know she's like, "Well, that sucks." Okay. 
So he says that one. I thought, oh, maybe I'm wrong. I thought she had the bracelet on when she left to go yeah, to the barber. I don't remember that. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. I, I don't know. That seems weird to me. If you were gonna if you were gonna make the point that Dina was still local and they still had some sort of relationship, why would that be the way to go about it with some secretive mm -hmm. single image of a bracelet? That that seems weird to me. That, I, I agree with that, and uh, I think that I don't think if you were to ask Naughty Dog specifically um Druckman about this, that he would say, Yeah, that's what we're going on. I, I think he wanted it to be a dark, ambiguous. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hundred brains, by the way. Yeah, um, I think that's what he was going for. Was more of a dark, more of a she lost everything because the whole point was because she made a decision. She now has to live with the consequences of the decision. I don't think it's going to be like everything's now hunky dory because you made that decision. I think it's supposed to be dark, and it's supposed to be that she lost something. She lost her fingers. That was interpreted of that. She lost something major to herself. We can see in her fingers the tangibility of that, but I think she also lost Dina. And that's why they specifically went into their, the, the empty house. And there, there was no love there. And she, all she saw were memories everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And Mariana said they didn't have it in Santa Barbara. So hmm. uh, I must be misremembering that. I, I thought she had that. One neat thing is in the collector's edition uh, is the bracelet. It actually has the leather bracelet with the hmm. stuff on it and everything else. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, Pat, Dan, Final thoughts on like the rating of the game, if you had to kind of review it, where it stands for you compared to the first. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, I mean, it's definitely not as good, obviously, for me as the first one. Um, this is going to sound terrible, but I'm going to say it anyway because I don't Your care. Your name is Abby's Golf Club. You're already there, man. The game, to me, was super fun to play because I loved the mechanics and the stealth. Because I haven't played a game, like a, a stealth game. If I just look at it and take away everything else and just break it down as like a stealth game and how it played, it did a really, really good job. Aside from, like you said, the AI is terrible. I don't know how many times I got pushed out of cover because you know, for no reason. I was like, ah. But there were so many points where, you know, you try to do – and that's probably why I have a little bit more time in it. You know, I think I was like at 30-something hours. You know, Bert was at 20. I stealthed as much as I possibly could. I would restart the game sometimes just to, you know, if I screwed up and try to do the uh, an area again. But I really, really loved those mechanics and I enjoyed that part of the game. Me um, too. So I, I, think, I think I told you guys it was like an eight and a half, maybe nine. Um, I think it, I, I, you know, it, it fluctuates right in there. It was a little bit long-winded, um, but I really did enjoy the times where, where you know, the combat was good, you know, but the stealth combat and the sneaking around and stuff, there were times where I, you know, actually didn't kill anybody. He just kind of snuck past a whole group of people and didn't even have to bother with, you know, and it's cool that it gives you that option. It doesn't give you that option in every scene, but there's a few places where you can do that. And I really did enjoy that part of the game. So taking, you know, the story out, which I know maybe you shouldn't, you know, but I really, really liked the stealth. Because you don't get them. I mean, I'm always here, you know, waiting for a Sam Fisher game, Splinter Cell. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> E3 2020. Yeah. Wait, what? Yep. Um, <laughs> exactly, right? I mean, but, but that's, that's you know, I mean, we haven't really talked about that part of the game, but they, I think yeah. they did a really good job with that part. 
Um, yeah, I think the the new mechanics. We didn't really get it. We was more just story spoilers. But yeah, yeah I think the introducing yeah. of the going prone and the bushes and the additional yeah. kind of ways you can do things. Yeah, I think that added a lot. I did like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarko said thirty five hours. Yeah, that was me. My my final count at the end was like just over thirty five. Yeah, so I've beaten yeah. it three times. Wow, that Floyd. God, he's got you beat, Dan. Yeah, what'd you say? Eight and a half, nine, eight somewhere in that ballpark? Half, yeah. yeah. That's where you, where you at, Ben? So for me, we talked about the pacing a lot, but didn't really talk about the pacing a lot. So we skipped <laughs> negative. I just want to reiterate what we're talking about with the pacing. It's all over the place. There's all kinds of flashbacks and palm flashbacks. There's a bunch of filler um, moments where I know there's one section where you fight zombies, then you go fight people, then you fight more zombies, then more people before you even get to any story issue. And in a narrative game, I, I, I want to see more narrative. I like the gameplay. I actually enjoy the gameplay in this, but I do want to see the, the, the narrative. And so it's all broken up. And then having a story stop at an apex of its, of its plot just to start the whole thing over again from a whole different perspective that we already don't like was really a, a no-go. I kind of wished it would, I'd love if on the PS5, they had some kind of like a director's cut or something where they reordered it. <laughs> yeah, <know>. remix. <laughs> it made it more and more like Dan was talking about earlier, where it's kind of like a, almost more of a sequential sort of thing instead of all over the place. Um, so that's that's where that was, but the pacing was off. The gameplay was more fun, still not the best. Like, nobody plays Last of Us, I don't think. I don't play it for the gameplay, but the gameplay is still fun. I really enjoy it, um, especially the, the stealth stuff. That was really fun. The level design was fantastic. The polish in the game is unbelievable. The rope physics, all that sort of thing. I really enjoyed all of that. There's a lot to like about the game, but there's also some issues. You've got bugs. Like, I got some weird bugs. I would climb on top of things, and the whole game would kind of just turn black. Um, that I had the game crash once, and I mean it's it's generally minor stuff that I've had have, but it happens a lot. Um, people have an issue with the the dogs. Uh, I've heard that be an issue. I didn't have, I never had a problem killing any of the dogs in the game. I know some people are dog lovers, but I've already yeah. murdered some humans. I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing to me. <laughs> um, um, so there's a lot to like about the game. I really enjoyed playing it. It's one I will definitely play again. But there were just so many, and the length, the length of the game was just too long. It didn't need to be two full games plus DLC at the end to tell the story. <laughs> so yeah. because of all of that, if I put it all together, I'd give it either a seven or an eight. And right now with my arm twisted, I'd probably say a seven, but tomorrow it might be an eight. And I just go back and forth between seven and eight. So that's what I'd say. Gotcha. We're pretty similar there. Yeah. I, yeah, it's interesting that you're talking about issues that people ran into. I I never had anybody push me out of cover once. Um, wow. I, the the plane the issue that I had was during the uh, CGI videos. I had a couple times where something would cross in front of the screen, and it would jitter, and then it would come back to clear. Um, and I've seen a few people have that on there. I'm running on a SSD Pro, so I wonder if people's different hard drive speeds or something was affected by that, but. I never had any weird glitches. I had one thing where I was fighting a guy, and uh, I swung at him, and you could see it make impact, but he just took it, kind of like like nothing happened, um, <laughs> and that was kind of strange. But that's the only other glitch I had. I, I went pretty pretty much glitch free through most of the game, but um, I have heard people having just a horror horror stories, and I've also heard the the PlayStation sound like it was going to take off from an airport or something. Oh, 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 o
Yeah, mine wasn't as bad as some of the other recent PS4 games I've played. It was, you know, you, the PS4 is loud to begin with, but I didn't get the one where it sounds like it's literally on takeoff that too mm-hmm. often, only a couple times. But um, I have this hilarious clip I saved. You remember when you go in the um, subway with the red lights and you've got the clickers and the bad guys, you know, together, you're with Dina. I forget mm-hmm. what part of the game it is. Yep. But there's a, tr- there's a train car. And so what I was doing, to dance point, I was trying to play everything Estelle. So what I was doing is trying to throw bottles and make the clickers chase after the other guys, which was working for the most part. So at one point, I'm in the back of the train car, and I hide. And Dina's in front of me, and a clicker comes, click, 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 you know, through the front of the train car here. And Dina starts running, and they both do this, face into each other. And Dean is just doing this right into the clicker while the clicker is just smacking her in the face for like 10 seconds straight. I'm like, look at these two idiots. Like it was the, it was the dumbest thing you have seen in the game yet where like she wouldn't attack the clicker. The clicker wouldn't kill her. And uh, I had another one with Joel, one of the scenes, short scenes, I guess you play with Joel or a flashback. And uh, he has a shotgun out and I'm fighting stuff. And he's literally like off in the distance aiming at walls. (laughs) <laughs> just like i mean not aiming at anything i'm yeah. like what is he doing like just weird stuff like that i mean nothing game breaking but just almost more comical than anything else yeah yeah so i did have an issue on the auto cover system like when you would come up to a wall and you'd want to be facing against the wall but you'd be facing the other way yeah it happened all the time and i was like all how is that what i have to reset ellie and i might get seen I, that was the one thing i did yeah. but i'm Sure, that's a glitch or like the, the bow is like sticking out like a foot out yeah. of the cover <laughs> yeah. they don't see me they don't yeah. see me good well the ai is like that too right you could be in cover your other characters just like hey look at that sign over there and there's just like people right in front of them you know and it's like kind of well, takes also, you out of the moment also that you have like these people in an apocalyptic world who have the sharpshooter status of the marines of sniper platoon four or something that could hit anything like a coin away and never miss I mean, it was yeah. it was pretty funny. They never missed. That's true. They never they never miss, and the aiming system, in my opinion, is not that great. It's yeah. not really it's not fine tuned like you would have in a in a sh- shooter shooter, which well, is is fine. But it made it it made it kind of annoying at times. Sure. So, anyway, all right, guys, let's go ahead. We've been going for nearly two hours. It's been a fun conversation. I think we all enjoyed the game. It's not. I would just say it's not where you know. It's not really where I was hoping it would be at this point in time, uh, in the sense of how much I anticipated this game. Um, you know, they, they, in my opinion, they could have done some different things with it, but I do appreciate them, um, pushing boundaries, making people talk about it, uh, you know, trying something different, not doing the obvious. Uh, so I do appreciate that. Um, but about your director's cut, Elo and, uh, you know, remix, I don't think we're ever going to get that because Naughty Dog is way too proud of this game. They're way too proud of this game. They love it. Every single person involved, if you say one bad thing about it, they will post Teddy Teddy Roosevelt. (laughs) 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 You didn't didn't see that? The Troy Baker thing, he posted Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah, Jason Schreier said, oh, sometimes games are too long. And then Troy Baker's like, well, here we go. Let me write this or put this on here some kind of thing about oh yeah the cast yeah i know what you're talking about now and yeah neil Druckmann has come out several times and it's like guys come on man you like yes it it sold four million copies in three days obviously people love your game relax you know it doesn't mean you've created something that's perfect i wonder if it's gonna i wonder if it's gonna plateau though like um if it's just gonna 
I mean, it's not going to be like a Spider-Man that just continues to sell, 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 sell. I think people, the ones that were going to play it are going to play it. And then I wonder if maybe Black Friday picks up again or something. I don't know. I I feel like it has. No, I, th I, think, I think you're right, Bert, because they said that the UK second week or third week, whatever it is, second week was like 80% less. It dropped yeah. off real fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those big exclusives that's just massive, and then it just drops off. It's just weird. Everybody loved the first game so much. I mean, of yeah. course, it was going to sell. I mean, it could have been a story about being <laughs> brownie, but it would have sold just as well. But um, now that people have played it, we'll see if it has the longevity that, that they're hoping it will. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be as fondly remembered as the first one. I just don't. Um, so what do you think? Oh, go ahead, Mariano. Sorry, Mariano just sent a two dollars super chat. Thanked us for the conversation and told me not to tell him what to do. So, <laughs> thank you again, Mariano. Appreciate it, man. Um, and Sarka said, "Good game." In the end, kind of a disappointment for him, which is a shame. So, do you guys think this stays on the game of the year conversation, or do you think it kind of fades away with some of the stuff that's going to oh, be coming out? For sure, I think, it I think it does because people kind of want it to. Like, like uh, it seems like the people in the and the, the the critics, you know, the the, yeah. the they just need this to be like um, one of their shining moments. And it's a game that we're gonna talk about for forever. I mean, in that aspect, it really is successful. It's a game that just like Final Fantasy VII and possibly um uh, Cyberpunk that we're gonna be talking. Hopefully, Cyberpunk because I, I hope that game doesn't let us down. But that we're gonna be talking about for for, for so long. And this is a game that people have really invested a lot of um, effort already getting their reviews out, and, and there's there's all kinds of weird stuff also going on behind the scenes. I, I think this stays in the, in the subject for game of the year. Maybe Halo it'll be like Infinite. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like Sekiro because if you remember when Sekiro came out, that was every, all everybody talked about, and then no one talked about it again. And then all of a sudden, end of the year came, and all of a sudden, everybody's like, "It's my game of the year. I have to have as my inventory out there wins." Yeah. So, yeah. That was surprise for me. Maybe it'll do something. I, you know, I finished and reviewed that game, and that was not game of the year material. It just wasn't. I, I can't decide personally for me right now on what I've played, and I haven't played all the big <laughs> games. But game of the year would be for me either this or uh, Ori. Ori is my other game of the year. Ori right is so good. Yeah. yeah, incredible. Um, but I think Cyberpunk is going to be. I personally think Cyberpunk's going to be the lead contender at the end of the year. Well, well did, didn't you tell us that that misses the cut date-wise for Game of the Year? For the, for the Game Awards. Awards. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, so the front runners that I'm hearing is uh, Doom Eternal, uh, oh, enough, yeah. Animal Crossing, Final Fantasy VII, Ori, mm -hmm. now Last of Us. You're going to have to deal with Halo, and you're going to have to deal with Cyberpunk. Um, maybe. Maybe for Halo, right? Depends when it comes out. Okay. Depends what the launch date is. If it's November, you know, the third week of November before Thanksgiving, yeah. it won't be there. I just think it would be so. Sarka said it's the in and out of games. It's not that bad. Come on, it's not that bad. So you're saying it's over? You're saying it's overhyped, Sarko? Is <laughs> All the West Coast about to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, where are you at? What's your what's your favorite game of the year so far, Dan? Is it this? Yeah, oh, gosh, I gotta remember what I played this year. Yeah, uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, is is up there. It was super fun. That's yeah. my personal one. It's not very good for me. Okay, I, that's I, where I'm sitting as well. Yeah, me too. 
so for you guys that play doom eternal i mean is that uh, game of the year material or it's just a nice sequel it's so good it's so fun it's just distilled fun and i wish a game like that could get game of the year i just don't think that it will because it doesn't have a story and it seems like games that get game of the year have to have a story to go with it but man is that game fun Season gave game it a game of the year back in 2016. The, the reboot, yeah. That was our game of the year. Eternal is one I, I've just – I haven't gotten back to. I, I stopped playing it, and I haven't gotten back to. So I don't know. It might be. I, it's one I need to go back. And yeah. we don't know how Ghost of Tsushima is going to turn out either. Oh, well, yeah. I hope that so much still to come, man. You got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, too. I mean, there's tons to come. So Mar it's, it's too early for this conversation. But, yeah, Marvel. I think <laughs> – no, no, not that one. Uh, I think uh, I, I think closing this. I think Last of Us Two is just because of the ratings it's gotten. It's a ninety, what ninety five on Metacritic, or whatever. I think it's going to be in the conversation. It's just going to be. I mean, yeah, so, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, guys, closing parting thoughts. Anything else before we head on out? Yeah, enjoy the game for what it is. Take a don't go uh, slow motion because you're going to be going in slow motion for a long time if you haven't played. <laughs> <laughs> I kept trying to tell Ains you gotta push through because if not, it's uh, it's gonna be a slog. Sure enough, it was. So. Oh, it was yeah. a slog. I think if you push through or not, it's a slog. Yeah, that's true. It drags on. I love the accessibility options too. I want to give a shout out to that. They were fantastic. No I did put that in my review as well. Yes, and the sound design too. Oh, so good, so good. Yeah, it's a good game. I mean, I know we're seeing a lot of the negatives because it's whenever there's something you care about. You're going to be more critical about it than anything else. Just, you know, we, we care about the, the franchise. So it'll be interesting to see where they go here and what the conversation evolves into as the years go by on this one. And Def Lloyd in chat, Def Lloyd says, uh, "We all know it's going to be bug snacks." Damn right it is. I don't know. I don't know if we can end on anything better than that. That's, <laughs> that's the way to go out. Bug snacks, man. <laughs> you know that game is going to sell extra copies just because of how it's become this laughing cultural gaming industry thing. You know, I'm going to have a day one. Yeah. I'm thinking of, I keep thinking of Rory's Twitter's post about it and I can't stop laughing. <laughs> it's a great post. All right. We're going to leave on this image, fellas. Rest in peace, brother. Wow. I, I, I need to, I need to go back and play uh, part one again, just to feel whole again. So I think I may do that. Stop laughing about bug snacks, Bert. I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, <it's bad. laughs> all right guys thank you so much chat you've been awesome as always guys really appreciate it uh thanks for stopping by elu great having you on for the first time appreciate mm -hmm. it Bert, great having you back good conversation guys dan uh abby's golf club uh, yeah whatever I, I could take you or leave you on the. You know, <laughs> <laughs> all right fellas thanks again appreciate it we will talk to you on uh saturday peace